It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The pride, passion, and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, Hour 2 Podcast. This might be college football, heaven. Welcome back. Second hour is live. It's been a busy one so far. Andy Staples joining us in hour number one. Let's get right back to the calls. And Will is up next in North Carolina. Hello, Will. Paul Feinbaum, I love you. I mean, we don't need Jim. You had a great show yesterday. Thank you. I mean, Jim's third cousin and his family don't even see him. How does the man get groceries? I mean, and another thing, a newsflash, is I wasn't aware Jim even went through puberty. I mean, that was the biggest topic I took away from that. But, Paul, great show yesterday. I ain't got much today. Great show yesterday. We don't have – if Jim chooses to call in, it's great, but not five or eight times. But you got a great show. We don't need Jim. All right, Paul. Thank you very much. Uh, you be well. You take care of yourself. Justin is in Shreveport, and you're on the air. Hello, Justin. Good afternoon, Paul. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Um, I don't I don't get to listen every day, and I haven't heard this conversation on your show as yet, but I've thought about this past season. I'm, I'm actually an LSU fan, but I'm an SEC fan, and I actually think that this could have been Nick Saban's best coaching job at Alabama. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think uh, you, you, you could say that based on how insane the first couple of weeks were and the fact that however they got to the point where they got, uh, they did and, and ended up nearly playing for the national championship. So I would agree with you. I, I think in many ways uh, it was his finest moment. Yeah, because if it had gone south, you know who was going to take the blame. Yeah, uh, but you're right, and it, it was it was uh, it was one of the most. I think that's why you you saw Saban change during the year when we started hearing uh, just a little a little less volatile. Uh, some people described it as nicer, but I'm not sure that's accurate. Uh, he, he seemed to understand how difficult it was and what they had accomplished. And I, and I think that helped him decide to leave because when, when, you, when not th- I don't really think, uh, I don't know how many of us have really been through anything quite like that, but when you, when you are that close to an implosion and you end up getting to the Rose Bowl in overtime with a shot at playing for it all, I think you realize how, how, how fortunate you were, not only the the fourth and 31 against Auburn, but uh, the fortunes of the Georgia game. Uh, I, I think he was, he, he knew maybe this was the exit. Well, I appreciate your time, Paul. You guys have a great day, and uh, I love listening to your show, my friend. Thank you very much. Really great to hear from you from Shreveport, Louisiana. Let's uh, check in with Scott up next in Georgia. Hey, Scott. Mr. Paul, how you doing, sir? We are doing great. Thank you. Hey, always a pleasure. Watch your show daily. All I can say, sir, is that since Jim from Tuscaloosa has quit the show, 
your ratings have gone up tremendously, in my opinion. And John from Missouri, take Jim and John and send them to the old Biden camp and send them across the border for the rest of their lives. <laughs> Go Vols. Thank you very much. Jeremy is up next. Hello, Jeremy. Jeremy there? I think we did that with Jeremy yesterday, didn't we? Yep. I don't know what's going on with Jeremy. I really don't. Let's check out Snoop in Kentucky. Uh, hello, Snoop. Hey, how you doing, Paul? We are doing great, Snoop. Thank you. I got two questions, Paul. Uh, you, uh, who you got for the uh, college basketball this year? Yeah, uh, I'm going back a couple weeks ago and I thought Kentucky had a shot, and, and I still do. Uh, what I saw last night uh, makes me very high on the Cats. I like, yeah, ten but, I like uh, Tennessee. I, I like Tennessee probably a little bit more from the SEC, but, but, but I am really curious to see how, how Kentucky finishes this off. I think Tennessee is the best team in the SEC right now. Well, see, you know, I'm always a Kentucky fan, and plus in college football, I'm an uh, uh, Alabama fan. And I don't know what happened on that end, but at the end of the day, uh, you think Alabama do some good next year? In football, uh, Snoop, uh, I think uh, it will be a challenge. Um I think I think right now Alabama is is going to have a hard time uh, repeating what it did this year. But I think what, when it comes to Alabama, it's really about making the playoffs next year, and I think they are certainly in consideration. Yeah, did they did they ever get rid of that coach? Uh, what they had, you know, for this year? Which coach are you talking about? Uh, the one that used to coach for Alabama uh, for this year. Well, from what I'm hearing, that he, uh, you know, somebody else fan, and he retired, I guess. Oh, you're talking about Nick Saban? Yeah, Nick Saban. Yeah, Nick Saban uh, retired uh, about six weeks ago. And so who they got now uh, for the head coach? Well, Snoop, that would be uh, Kalen DeBoer. He was the coach at Washington. Ah, uh, they got him, huh? Yeah, he, he came over. Uh, remember, he played for the national championship against Michigan. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, and, you know, I was kind of curious on that game, too, because I thought maybe, uh, you know, Michigan, well, I thought Washington was the best team, but is something wrong with the offense. Yeah, well, he's now uh, at Alabama, and uh, listen, uh, you and I both know it will not be easy uh, uh, succeeding Coach Saban. Thank you very much for the call. Logan is up next. Hey, man. I think Snoop might be the last guy to know. Snoop. What uh, happened to Saban? You ever seen, uh, <laughs> that, like, uh, about 20 years after uh, – 
World War II ended, they found some, uh, I think, was it, was it a Japanese guy Japanese on an island? Guy, yeah. Uh, he was still fighting. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah that's, that's, that's new. He wanted dude. to know uh, who won the war. <laughs> <laughs> I am glad. Uh, you yeah. know, some, day, some days, Logan, you go home and you feel like you really didn't satisfy anybody, you really didn't help anyone. With Snoop Dogg, I feel like we helped him learn something very, uh, very important for an Alabama football fan. That Coach Saban. Yeah, I think he. Well, by the way, it wasn't Coach Saban. It was that guy. That guy. What's that guy's name? <laughs> he said, "Who's oh, that yeah, guy that they guy. had who retired?" He was pretty good. That guy, the one like six. That's the title. Oh yeah. Oh, he said that they get rid of him. Uh, by the way, I I didn't have enough nerve to tell him Coach Bryant died. Oh, yeah, he probably doesn't know that either. He's probably still waiting. Like, yeah. hey, you know Bear Bryant passed away back in 82. We should have, we should have gone through a list like Elvis, alive or dead. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, hey, man, you were talking today. How do, how do you like – I was going to ask you a personal question today. How do you like living in North Carolina? What do you think about it? Well, I've been here 11 years, so uh, you know I, I like oh, it a yeah, lot. Well. I, mean, I mean, I was telling somebody today at lunch, uh, I said, do you realize th- they were talking about this being a southern place? I said, this is, the northern, mm-hmm. this is the northernmost city I've ever lived in. Southern state, yeah. It's the most northern it, this, southern this is state not, you can this get is in. Not, this is not the south as I grew up. No. No. It's Where I come from, it's cornbread and, 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 and fried chicken. Exactly. This, yeah. By the way, well, uh, back to Alabama. Logan, this is a weird place. I mean, I don't, I don't. I mean, because it's it's like I grew up in Tennessee that has three different parts. This state, right? I mean, would you agree? You you're you're a native. Yeah. I mean, it's got some elements to it. It's an odd spot. Yeah, yeah exactly. Where we live, it's, well, it, it, even we where our studio is, I feel like we're in South Carolina. We're, right on the we're like a, how, how far away from South Carolina? The, we're my, how long? Um, are you guys close to the border? We are a mile and a half, according to Randy, from South Carolina. Oh wow! I didn't know. I've been to I've been to Charlotte many times. I didn't know where you guys' studio was. Now, to I me, was that feels like the South. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, it's a weird thing. The whole Carolina Panthers thing, and it's like uh, you know South Carolina. Well, I think that's why they North call Carolina. them the Carolina Panthers because um, yeah. Most people in North Carolina want nothing to do with them. <laughs> no, nobody wants to. I mean, it's a basketball. That, might, state that literally ball. might I mean, be the worst professional franchise ever, ever ever seen. Um, Miami Dolphins are pretty close. I don't know. Uh, I mean, until recently, they've but, actually done something in in deep into the history books. That's true. That's true. That's true. Uh, in my lifetime, I should yeah, say. Yeah, I forget. Uh, You're still a young guy. Oh well, not really, but. Yeah, but no, um, yeah, that's crazy. So Jim's cousin called in today. By the way, I want to correct myself. I, I meant to say uh, the Carolina Panthers and the Charlotte Hornets are the two worst franchises I've ever seen. Sure. Yeah, Charlotte Hornets are definitely the worst. Yeah. They are terrible. Yeah, they're terrible. I don't know. How, I, does anybody go see them, Paul? Does, I, mean, I don't know. Is, is, I've, is never been, even, I've never been to a game. Never been, never been to a game? Okay. No. Well, that's crazy. But uh, Jim's cousin called in today. I was uh, very excited to see what he had to say. He said Jim was 73. Is that correct? Yeah, I think he's being a little generous. 
I think so too. I think he might be a little bit older. Jim's than other him. Jim's other relative who called in the other day, Logan said Jim was seventy seven. Oh, man! I mean, there is a difference I mean, between seventy three and seventy seven. I mean, he's I mean he's young for his age then because he he definitely can get riled up on on the phone. How, I can tell you. How that. did you like so. that scouting report from his cousin on his on his uh, youth his youth ball disposition? He said he didn't take criticism well. He criticized the coach. What else? I like that. Nor did he get along with his teammates. That's a can't get along with his teammates. I mean, is that not a perfect uh, guy to play uh, youth league, high school baseball? Criticized his coach. Didn't get along with his teammates. And got kicked off the team. Sounds like the. And he couldn't handle criticism. Thanks for thanks for the call. We're up against the break. We are back right after this. Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMSS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at HIMSS.com Paul. That's H-I-M-S dot Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. HIMSS.com Paul. Hardments are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Welcome back. Taking phone calls. Some guests coming up here uh, in just a matter of a minute. Squirrel is up next. A couple things. Uh, uh, our boy from San Antonio seemed to be a little upset with me yesterday. He was. Uh, he thought you were um, being disrespectful to his dreams. Uh, at what point during our conversation did I call him a fool? Well. I I simply questioned what um, qualifications you needed to be a UN ambassador, and you probably, and probably need to. A, yeah, a I mean, you're, yeah. Well, listen, I, I just did not want to get in the way of his dreams to be the first uh, former McDonald's fry cook to uh, become the UN Secretary General. <laughs> that was that was my point a few days ago. We were trying to get a job at a fast food place, and that, and then and see. If he would really think about it, only I'm really probably one of his few true friends on this show because at least I'm honest with him. I didn't pander to him like you did. 
I mean, uh, I was like, no. You, I appreciate you, you uh, accusing me of being a panderer. I, I did not accuse you of that. I just pointed out what happened. Well, that's... Um, but anyway, I'm... Hey, by the way, did you uh, did you happen to hear the uh, return of the Jedi yesterday? That was going to be something else I asked about. He he said something about a Star Trek society. Yeah, or something. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, exactly. I was going to ask you. Do you know what he meant by that? I do not. And he had he lumped Trump in there too. And again, I don't know where Trump came into this story. You know, I mean, he, I mean, Matt's just—I I think he's just like Jim. He's hearing these voices in his head, but man, he really and, and, and my second question is: Did you hear the return of the artist formerly known as Jim? Oh yes, oh okay. yeah, and and when he cussed you and I, Paul, be honest with me. I mean, be honest—not with me. Be honest with your listeners. That has happened to you no less than what a dozen times over the past few years. Yeah, but I, I felt no since, since we were engaging, I needed to ask him the two salient questions that everyone wanted me to ask. Well, he's a complete and utter fraud and phony. Again, that's why he can't answer those basic questions. And that's why I cut the rope with him. Because I, I cut the rope with him when he wanted me to. I wanted to send him something. And I said, give me your, uh, let me text it to you. He says, I can't get texts on my phone. Email it to me. And I thought, okay, here comes the moment of truth. I said, what's your email address? He goes, Jim from Tuscaloosa. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, my God. Yeah, I've I'm seen that email before. That's... I can't have a friendship with somebody who's a, a complete fraud and won't even tell you what their name is. But anyway, it don't matter. I, I told you a, a week or two ago, I know exactly who Jim is now. And I told you he was 73 years old. Didn't I tell you that? You did. And uh, the, his, like, his third cousin confirmed that. And it all fits in. Everything fits in perfect. The failed baseball career, I could I could see how that happened. Uh, he, I mean, he's a huge Elvis fan, huge Helen Reddy fan. Uh, he played pickup basketball, I think, with Joe Namath when he was a kid. It kind of all fits in that same time frame right there. And the old man's melting down because, you know, the, the uh, it's all coming unraveled here at the end. And, uh um, that's why you got to be honest from the beginning. Just be honest and just lay it out. Yeah, yeah. And, and Squirrel, up. thank you very much. I just, uh, I, I didn't, I felt badly asking Jim some of those uh, pertinent questions, but I felt all of you wanted me to. Rick is up next. Hello, Rick. Hey, good afternoon, Paul. So I wanted to talk to you about a couple of the stupidest and craziest things I've seen today. Did you happen to see the video of the fight in the Kentucky football locker room. Yeah, I did. Uh, that wasn't a fight. That was a bludgeoning. It was uh, the one guy looks. Uh, he he looks like he's bound for the WWE because oh, yeah. he's already got the suplex moved down. And yeah, and the other guy, I mean, and by the way, uh, I, somebody was watching it here. I I don't know what's. The, do you know the backstory behind that? I I tried to find out, but I haven't heard anything about it. It was not a good look. Oh, and the other guy, Paul, my, my two daughters could throw better punches than that guy. <laughs> oh, yeah, it okay, wasn't. Paul. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, uh, and again, you, you never know when you see something on social media exactly what the genesis of it is. But somebody put something out supposedly happened among Kentucky football players. 
So the other thing, Paul, did you see the story and the video of the NC, NC State swimmer that just won the ACC championship? No, I did not. Well, this, this kid, he and his teammate finished one, two, and they were in, you know, right next to each other, lanes right next to each other, and this kid wins. His teammate comes in about two, three seconds later. I mean, they're, they're 50 feet in front of the field, and the kid reaches over and, you know, goes up on the, you know, the, the floaty things in the pool, and then he goes over and hugs his teammate. Right. Well, right, you know, the race ends, and then the next thing you know, they've disqualified this kid because of, supposedly there's some stupid rule where you can't change lanes while the race is going on. Oh, that's incredible. I did not know that. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, you you need to see it to see how just... So you have to wait until everybody is in? And until everybody's finished, apparently. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I mean, used to swim uh, earlier in my life. I always thought when you touched, that was that was the end of the run for you. It, because that's when your time is recorded. Yeah, they disqualified this that's kid. That's incredible. Um, but hey, Paul, you got you had a caller from Shreveport today, and I wanted to. I just wanted to tell you, man. I thought it was great yesterday. You given a when you were talking to somebody else about Shreveport, you gave a, a shout out to Jerry Bird. Right, man. I tell you what, he was a he was a fixture at the Times, and uh, hell yeah, of a and, and about what, what made him so unique, Rick? Because uh, I, I I suffered through it, and I didn't realize how, what he was doing. And I say suffered because I was young and immature. But this guy gave back to that community, especially high school. Uh, he, oh, yeah. Uh, he covered everything, but he really cared about high school. And he had a, they had a track meet once, and I had to work the track meet. And I'm like going, why am I doing this? But I, I, didn't, I didn't appreciate what he was doing. Um, and he was truly a great, uh, a great legend uh, in that community. And I'm really glad uh, you mentioned him again. Thanks so much. We have a break coming up. We're going to talk a little bit about NIL. We were talking about that before with a, a guest that is... Among the leading experts around, Christy Dosh joins us next. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show Podcast. This doubleheader tomorrow night, A&M. On Rocky Top, that's a 7 o'clock game. And South Carolina, number one team in the country, 
heads to Fayetteville. Doubleheader action right here tomorrow evening. And we're back, and uh, Christy Dosh uh, joins us. Uh, tremendous reputation in this space. Uh, she is an attorney, uh, a writer. Uh, she's also a, a correspondent for Forbes, has her own website, and is an adjunct uh, professor at the University of Florida. Christy, first of all, thank you for joining us. What a time uh, in, in your field. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a busy and interesting time. We're delighted to have you, and, and I, I know uh, this has been hashed out considerably in, in the last six days, but, but I, I'm really curious uh, to put into perspective the ruling from East Tennessee, what it means uh, right now to that particular case, and really what it means in the intermediate and long term to the NCAA's ability to enforce its rules, especially NIL. You know, that case really it only applies to the Eastern District of Tennessee, but generally the NCAA has treated any of these sorts of cases as applying nationwide. And so we don't expect them to really enforce any NIL rules. Not that there's been a lot of enforcement action anyway up to this point, but we expect that they're not going to enforce anything specifically against collectives and boosters talking to recruits, talk, talking to players that are in the transfer portal. They're going to be able to make them monetary offers, and those students athletes are going to be able to talk about it publicly. That was already happening, but we weren't hearing about it publicly. And I think actually it's going to offer the student athletes some protections because if they get a promise or a contract from a school before they commit and then that isn't carried through on the other end, you know, before they couldn't really talk about it because they were doing something that was against the rules, but now they can call out that collective or that booster. So it may actually give some more protection to student athletes going forward. Christy, uh, if you're John Duncan, who runs the enforcement division uh, of the NCAA, and you're a part of that organization, there, there's still plenty that you can enforce. But uh, on this particular case, uh, I, I mean, what do you do if somebody calls up with allegations about NIL violations? I think I save those in a folder on my desktop and say I'll come back to them later <laughs> because I really don't think there's much they can do right now. So uh, their resources and time are probably better spent on other types of cases before them. Uh, which I realize there's a lot under their purview, um, but beyond eligibility questions, which they, they certainly have a big impact on, just what, what I mean, can, do you think they still have any bite when it comes to just general enforcement that it's hard to imagine much going beyond NIL right now, but I guess there's still things that they could legislate, although it doesn't seem like likely they're doing much of anything. Yeah, you maybe have some of these cases regarding talking to student-athletes outside of official uh, communication periods and the way that you're communicating. It would be nitpicky little stuff. The big stuff was always involving, you know, activities that were happening prior to NIL in terms of financial offers or cars, uh, you know, those sorts of things being offered to student athletes before NIL went into effect. So ever since NIL came along, it really took a lot of those things off the table. And they've been trying to wrap their arms around, okay, which NIL things are we going to go after and what sort of 
proof do we need? And we saw last year where they made the rule change. You know, we're used to in the criminal system, you're guilty until proven, I'm sorry, you're innocent until proven guilty. And they sort of swapped it last year and said, no, we're going to put a new rule into effect that if we see a report in the media, we can treat it as true. And you have to prove that it didn't happen. And that was such a absurd standard. And I don't think now we're ever even going to see that used because there's really nothing on the NIL side that they can go after right now. Chatting with Christy Dosh, uh, who uh, certainly uh, excels in this particular field uh, of trying to interpret where things are legally. Christy, let me get beyond the Tennessee case because that is narrow, even though it has great uh, ramifications. But there are so many other important cases. Uh, what's next and, and how would you describe the next year or two for the NCAA in the courtroom? It's a lot to keep track of. In fact, I actually sat down and I had a spreadsheet of all the different cases that I'm keeping my eye on, and I ended up publishing a story uh, over on Business of College Sports today, just breaking down, here's all the cases you should be watching. Here's where they're at in the process, because you've got the House case, which has now been certified as a class action. That's a potential $4 billion case for the NCAA, and that relates to student-athletes who didn't get to monetize their NIL because their eligibility was up before NIL or they only got NIL for a year or two. That case is going to be huge and would, you know, break the NCAA irretrievably. Like, maybe you can argue now that they still exist for a reason and they still have a little bit of a leg to stand on and maybe they can, you know, pursue some sort of federal bill or get some sort of bailout here. But if the House case doesn't go their way, uh, I think it obliterates the NCAA. So most folks I know are watching that one closely. The Johnson case, which is about whether or not student-athletes are employees, that one's interesting because it's a little different than like the Dartmouth decision we had recently from the NLRB. The NLRB only governs private universities, but that Johnson case could end up applying to public institutions as well. So when I'm on campuses consulting or speaking and I'm talking to athletic directors about what they're getting ready for, it's the employment issue and whether or not they're going to be collectively bargaining with student athletes and whether there's going to be revenue sharing. And they're already starting to run those models because the writing's on the wall. Chrissy, on, on the, the House case, uh, there's been some urging from various people for that case to be settled. Uh, is, is there a number that the NCAA could afford uh, that doesn't completely uh, burn the House down? Literally? The NCAA has got reserves. COVID obviously impacted that negatively. If we were talking about this pre-COVID, they would have had more of a war chest than they have right now. Uh, I think that they should be pursuing some sort of settlement, uh, but I'm not sure that they are because it doesn't seem to me like they are being realistic about their odds in some of these cases. They are just going to, you know, go down fighting every single one of these and hoping that they get a sympathetic judge along the way. So I haven't really heard anything about any sort of significant settlement discussions happening in that case. Chrissy, before you go, I'm really curious. You mentioned uh, the work you do, uh, visiting uh, and, and working with different uh, entities. Can you explain how that works in, 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 and, how, and, and what you, not, not breaking confidentiality here, but what kind of advice do you give respective schools? Yeah, I go and I work with a company called College Sports Solutions that's run by a former AD, and we do strategic planning and economic impact reports and all sorts of different things over the decade or so that I've been doing it. But right now, what people want to know is, how do we prepare for the future? And that's a lot of different things right now. It's 
are we going to bring our collectives for NIL in-house and what is that going to look like? And can we bring it all in-house or do we want some of it to stay outside because of potential Title IX issues and some other legal liability that might come up? And then they're talking a lot about revenue sharing. And it's been interesting to see the shift in that because I would have said two years ago, athletic directors didn't want to talk about revenue sharing, but now they know that that's likely coming or that that might be a a good compromise along the way as they're negotiating with student athletes down the road. So many of them are preparing for what their athletic department would look like if they had to engage in revenue sharing or running that budget forecasting for if they're employees and you're paying minimum wage and you've got to fund benefits. And is it every team? Is it every athlete? Is it only scholarship athletes? You know, there's still a lot of questions that haven't been answered. But I think athletic departments, at least the ones I've been in at the Power 5 level, but even even ones I've talked to that aren't Power 5, even D2 and D3, are trying to figure out how all these different decisions could impact their department. And they do seem like they're being proactive in having plans ready to put into place, you know, as soon as one of these dominoes falls. So for the first time, I think, since I've been covering this for the last 12, 13 years, it feels like people are being proactive and aren't just waiting and being reactive. So we might see, I'm optimistic, we might see some positive things here. Fantastic conversation with Christy Dosh. Uh, We really appreciate you joining us. We'll stay in touch as we head to the break right now. There's a lot more to uh, unpack here on a Wednesday afternoon. We'll get to your phone calls right after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Friday Night Heights, how about this one? Auburn at Georgia, two of the top 20 teams in America. Meet. Back to your calls, and Joe is up next in South Carolina. Hello, Joe. Hey, Paul. What's up, Joe? Good afternoon. Hey, Paul. Hey, Joe. Hey, two things. Um, Coach Saban is going to be on the um, ESPN game day, correct? That is correct, yes. Hello? Uh, Yeah, uh, Joe, that is correct, yes. How do you think he will mesh with, uh, like, someone like Pat McAtee? Well, I think, uh, I mean, he was with McAtee last year. They seem to get along pretty well. Uh, Paul, I don't think we have a very good connection. I'm sorry. Well, Joe, can you hear me? I can. Okay, well, I can hear you fine. 
but I, um, I can't hear you, so I'm okay. going to hang up. Sorry. Okay. Well, I'm sorry to hear. Sorry to lose you there, but uh, I thought that was the beginning of really a great relationship. That just never. You ever had one of those? It just. It just. You, you thought it was going to be Shangri-La and wedding bell blues, and the next thing you know, it's over. Diane is up next in Tennessee. Hey, Paul. How are you today? Can you hear me, Diane? Yes. Can you hear me? I can. Finally. Thank you. Okay. Can you hear me okay? I had to come outside. I live in the boondocks. No, listen, I'm used to the boondocks. Yeah. No, I was just want to call in. You know, I've called you a couple times before, but uh, why I love this show so much, you know, I worked shift work for nearly 40 years and now I've recently retired. But the reason I love this show so much is because these characters that call in, and I have to say Legend is probably my favorite, even though he's Alabama and I'm true blue Tennessee, but... They remind me so much of the men that I worked with for nearly 40 years. This, it, was, uh, this, it was this way on a daily basis. Um, what kind, what I, kind of, you told like me what I you said, did. What, what type of work did you do? Well, when I left UT, I went back down and worked in uh, our paper mill, and I, I started out in the wood yard, and I started out as a laborer and worked my way up to a crane operator, and then when I finally retired, I was actually a... Team leaders, they call it foreman or whatever, but it was all men. It was well, that's all amazing. men. Well, so but, I, I would think you heard quite a bit. Oh yes, and it was it it was uh, as Dolly would say, it was a way to make a living. I'm telling you, but um, but we had we had legends, we had Jim from Tuscaloosa, we had John, we had all of them, and they would all come in there together, and they just lived to see which one could make the other one matter or whatever. Just imagine this. You had all these people coming together, and you're the superintendent sitting upstairs every wow. day. That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, that's what it was like. But I wonder if this would put me in a good position so if I went to a plant. Do you think I could get a job as a supervisor? Oh, yeah. Because okay. you, you remind me of me because I would just kind of sit back and laugh at them, but I was an instigator. I would say, say this, say that. And then they would just get pissed off. And I'm I, would thinking, just back I am thinking about a career change right now. <laughs> well, just like I said, I, that's the reason I love your show so much, and now I can catch it every day. But, um, but yeah, just where, thank you. Uh, and, uh, uh, Diane, like where, say, where in Tennessee do you live? I, uh, do you know where Athens is? Yeah, sure. I'm halfway between Chattanooga and Knoxville on the east side. Okay, yeah, I mean, I... I spent four years in East yeah, Tennessee. The I, I know the, uh, the reason I, when I left. Yeah, the, the reason territory. when I left UT and went back down to the paper mill was because at that time, back in the early '80s, they just weren't paying women very much. And but this was a union job, and so you know, you do the job, you get paid for it. So yeah, that's great. I'm, so I'm, glad, I'm glad to hear. Pretty good living there, but uh, I would think so. But yeah, but that's the reason I love your show so much is that it just reminds me so much of the characters I worked with and. The one guy that reminds me of Legend so much. Hey, if I, I uh, Diane, if I tip. came, uh, if I came and applied for a job, do you think I could just bring a tape of like the best of callers, and that would get me in, maybe in good in good stead? Well, I don't know. You know, I was forced to retire because what our what our meal did. We made newsprint for years. We were one of the largest newsprint meals in wow. America. Well, about that. you know, uh, so now newsprint is nothing. So. Yeah. You know, paper mills kind of went out of business unless you're making toilet paper, which we did that for a while. But maybe I'll I'll find a better. uh, Yeah, I mean, I I worked at a newspaper. (laughs) That's why I'm doing what I'm doing now because it went out of business. 
Well, the pandemic, COVID actually saved us because we went to making toilet paper and everybody, oh, right. nobody could get it. So we got all we wanted. So. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I can't tell you. Yeah, many but times, anyway, uh, just uh, 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 thank you for your show. Well, and Ty, I really Diane, thank it, you for. And, uh, I didn't mean to, uh, you know, get your whole life history there, but I'm, I'm always, always on the on the, uh, on the make for a new career. But I, I think I'm going to skip the paper industry. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a dying business. Unless, yeah. like I say, and you know, if they can if they can come up with a way for you to you know. You toilet paper on your phone, then that's about it. Yeah, I may, uh, <laughs> I may, I may, I may look next at a plant that makes uh, mainframe computers. Would there you be, go. Wouldn't that there be a good go. idea, Randy? No. Okay. Hey, thanks for the call, Diane. It's really good to hear from you. I'm glad your career went well. That sounds like a quite a career. Mike is up next. Hello, Mike. Hello. Hey, what's up? What's going on? Oh, we're doing great, Mike. What about you? Yeah. Uh, what do you think about DJ Durkin and the uh, new defensive coordinator? I think DJ was a really good hire. Uh, I think he's got a great reputation. He's been a lot of places, and and I think it was a, it was a it was a upgrade for for Auburn. Oh, do you think uh, uh, Hey Brown can emerge as the uh, Doc, who's candidate for the uh, starting quarterback? Uh, I don't know enough about him. I mean, I know who he, I know. I know what I've heard, but I, I, I think that's uh, that would certainly be one of the most interesting parts of the spring. But I'm I'm not betting on that. Hey, thank you for the call. Really appreciate it. We've had a lot of really good callers. We have some more guests. We've already had uh, Christy and Andy. Got the coach coming up in a minute. Got Slay up later. We are back after this. Thank you for listening to the best of the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Watch the Paul Feinbaum Show weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on the SEC Network. Plus, you can listen and watch on the ESPN app.